0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Aaron Rodgers looking for Devante Adams. who has
2: got it!
0: DJ Moore has a pass to...
2: hello everyone welcome back to road of his overtime on road of his radio brought to you by blue wire my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and as always i am joined by sean siegel my co-host here on road of his overtime also the co-host of Stadium bananas but sean we had travis may on on tuesday's podcast and we teased it then i am delighted to say that we have travis on again if you aren't already following travis for his work make sure you check him out on twitter at ff underscore travis may but sean travis had a he just, as we knew he would, he he crushed it on Tuesday and uh, no doubt today's show, we're going to have more of the same as we dive in today to wide receivers and running backs. I know the listeners will be excited to hear this one, but Travis always does a fantastic job, but yeah, Tuesday was fantastic and, and no doubt today will be the same.
3: Yeah, he was great and getting that sort of extra and advanced information on the quarterbacks I think is just absolutely crucial because this is going to be a draft where you can hit on the right quarterback, you could change your super flex fortunes for the next decade and we know that in Dynasty that's absolutely huge. Today we're going to be looking at wide receivers and running backs, another one of Travis's specialties there with the adjusted production index he's got a lot of cool information for us there we know that wide receivers are the strength of this draft so we want to make sure again obviously we hit the stars and not the busts out of this group also mentioned that Travis has up on the site five small school wide receivers who could be the next Deontay Johnson that's not a part that we're going to go through on the show today but certainly you'll want to hop over to the site and check that out because if you can get a Deontay Johnson in the third round of your rookie draft then again you'll be flying so really looking forward to getting into it here with Travis and here we go.
2: So Sean we're delighted again to have Travis on the show. We had him on the show on Tuesday, we have him today. Anytime we can have him on, uh, it's always fantastic. I was thinking back earlier uh, this week before we were setting up the interviews, the last time we had Travis on, I had had hadn't internet in the house that I'm living in at the moment um, and I was recording it kind of hunched over and like the most uncomfortable position but the the information was so good that time that it, it really is my pain that was back before last year's nfl draft so a little bit more comfortable recording today travis um but really looking forward to talking wide receivers and running backs we'd love to jump into that but thanks for joining us again on the show
1: yeah glad to and yeah you know, I, I didn't mention this before but uh, i don't think you had this fantastic beer last time we recorded either so it's, it's looking good it's, it's good i'm i'm, I'm a fan it's it's coming along. I
2: don't know. Um, the last couple, of, the last week or two, though, I've been getting comments around the house from my wife
1: that it feels like it may be on its last legs. I don't know. We'll what, see what, what happens. Yeah, there's, uh, there's there's always that tipping point. It's like, okay, okay.
2: Yes, yeah, it's, it's going now, but I have it. Uh, I have it. Uh, maybe four months um, started for the NFL season, so we'll see where it where it goes. But we are going to talk on wide receivers and running backs and Sean, as I did in the first show of the week. I'll I'll let you decide where we start off here.
3: Yeah, we're going to talk about receivers, but it is uh, at least amusing to me. I, I Colin probably has a different perspective here, but he fails to mention that that's his Aaron Rodgers MVP beard. So uh, his <laughs> his family probably feels like it should go the same place that Rodgers MVP trophy goes. No, we're going over here to wide receivers. And Travis, this is one of your babies in area that you've done a lot of fantastic research. And I think the area that people are kind of the most excited about when we get To talking about rookie drafts because even though running backs are still sort of the crown jewel if you have a guy who's a star we know these wide receivers if you hit uh, not only do you have a guy who's going to make an impact now but he's you have a guy who's going to make an impact for a decade where the running backs can have a hard time holding up to that level we hear a lot that the 2022 draft isn't very strong that if you have a chance you should trade out into 2023 which has all kinds of problems because we don't know what's going to happen between now and then. You lose all of that time value for your picks, and perhaps you pass on some guys that are extremely exciting. One of the things that really jumps out kind of at the top of this draft is that there are some wide receivers who are very intriguing. It seems like one of the reasons that perhaps people aren't looking at these guys in the same light as some other players is that, Well, number one, and we don't have a Jamar Chase, but that's going to be true basically every year, right? I mean, he's yeah. <laughs> someone who comes along, you know, once every 15 years. And you kind of have to look back to to Calvin Johnson to see someone that you could be that excited about. But the other thing is that we have guys who are coming out early, which we know is great. But when they're coming out early and had a season for most of them, obviously, that sophomore campaign that was so odd, you know, we maybe have a little bit less to judge these guys on. But that doesn't mean that we don't have some real stars Take us through some of the highlights of the adjusted production index. You're looking at peak dominator rating. You're looking at peak yards per team attempt. You're looking at peak touchdown per team attempt and kind of going through and putting these guys in their percentiles where they fit Kind of looking back to other types of players, but one of the other things that I just really love about what you did for the rookie guide is that you do break down the different elements. So if someone you know wants to see the yards per team attempt, the peak numbers for that, they can do that. If they kind of want to see you know how they fit in the three categories, where they're strong, where they're weak, you know if. You have someone like a Drake London, for example, who the area that maybe he didn't pop was touchdowns. And you're thinking that's kind of odd because, I mean, he's obviously someone who projects as a good touchdown score at the NFL level. You know, maybe you even boost his profile a little bit more. You're like, yeah, I'm not worried about that. Start us off here. Traylon Burks, just how good of a prospect is he?
1: Well, in this class, uh, he should be considered the top uh, analytical candidate. Uh, He, you know, peaked like 47% in in terms of his dominator, you know, taking up about half of the receiving production in his peak year uh for arkansas which is just fantastic Uh, and then again his yards per team pass attempt which is the easiest metric i think to understand uh, because it's exactly what what it sounds like it is that his receiving yards per his team's pass attempts you know and so it's 3.8 there which a really good uh, nfl wide receiver might eclipse uh three yards per team pass attempt he's almost up to four and so (laughs) he was uh crazy high in that metric uh, measure. And, uh, again, even with the touchdowns, like scoring a, an insane amount of touchdowns per team pass attempt too. So really just fills out his, his profile from every single angle, uh, and really comes in around the 94th percentile among drafted wide receivers. And so, uh, Burks doesn't have very many questions because he's got the speed. He's got incredible size. He's got a great analytical profile, uh, why he's weird is because he basically plays like a big slot wide receiver most of the time. So he almost projects like a modern move tight end more than he does a wide receiver, given his size and speed and, uh, and and his usage. But I think in the NFL, he's going to be a wide receiver. He's going to be that guy who can play X, but he can absolutely destroy slot defenders given his size speed combo. And so I think he's going to be just this, this unicorn potentially that, uh, maybe helps define what uh, Team Big Wide Receiver can look like in the future because we, we've seen this shift away from that. Um, I think guys like Burks could bring that back if, he, if he's used in the right scheme because I think he's going to hit wherever he goes. Uh, in this class, Like, there's nobody that touches his analytical profile or his physical stature and speed combo, so uh, he's really fun.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of over the last probably five or so years. There's kind of more different body types of the wide receiver position around the NFL than we would have had on you know, the previous maybe twenty years. But um, there's going to be some interesting candidates, like you mentioned there, to see if we can get that mold of team big wide receiver back on on track. Um, yeah. Drake, Drake London um, looks very good in this uh, draft class, but given his size, um, what what are we looking at here with you know touchdowns? hopefully not been an issue when it comes to the NFL
1: level do you think he is somebody who may be undervalued in this class I think so right now just because I I think what it's what's going to end up happening is, is he's going to be a top 15 overall NFL draft pick and then any doubt as to how the NFL values him is going to be left behind and so we haven't seen this many big wide receivers drafted early in recent classes but we've got Traylon Burks huge dude drake and drake london huge dude and we got george pickens again like six four plus and 200 pounds and, and fast and uh these big wide receivers are, are going to be fun uh and the thing about london like with his touchdowns so I mean, usc just kind of spreads the, the ball around like we haven't uh, schematically we, we've seen them like go a bunch of 10 personnel with like four wide um at worst they're they're in 11 personnel and it's like nothing but pistol and shotgun at all. Like even if they need one yard, it's fourth and half a yard. They'll line up in the pistol. They don't care. It's It's been really weird the past few seasons, which um, has kind of hindered the peak profile of guys like Ra St. Brown and Drake London uh, because of just how they utilize and spread around uh, re- re- really use utilize a wide uh, variety of um schemes and wide receivers and uh they've had some good ones that have played together and they've kind of stacked each other's production but uh drake london's i guess eight or nine game stretch last year where he had 120 targets or so uh he was we really missed out when he went down with an injury to his ankle we, we missed out on one of perhaps what could have been like one of the best uh receiver seasons ever uh so he was really fixing his production profile before he went down. So, you know, about half of the teams receiving production, uh, really showing some efficiency, just not putting up a bunch of touchdowns because they had, well, uh, an injured Keaton Slovis, and then they had a, a true freshman in Jackson Dart. So the efficiency wasn't going to be there. They, they weren't scoring a bunch. The, the, the program let go of their head coach. It, it, USC kind of fell apart. And so uh, that didn't help. <laughs> but London is a fantastic player. Uh, His usage is a little bit odd just because it's a bunch of goes, comebacks, curls, and screens. Uh, And so he needs to round out uh, the diversity of his route tree, I guess, if we want to nitpick. But he's a first-round wide receiver for sure.
3: And you mentioned a top 15 pick for him. Someone who could go in the top 10 and has a little bit of a different profile and is not that kind of size specimen but people have been thinking would be the top receiver in this draft for a long time. We look at Garrett Wilson, right? He has got good numbers in dominator rating, good numbers in yards per team pass 10. And that's especially when you consider the teammate competition. And we were talking about a borderline Alabama situation here where they had the four first round wide receivers, Travis, tell us a little bit about what you still might be looking for from him in the process and would you consider him to be a possibility at the 101 if he goes as the first wide receiver
1: in the reality draft? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I guess you, you would have to have him in that conversation. I think he, it's funny, I, as much as I talked to preon Burks, Garrett Wilson's actually still my wide receiver one uh, because he actually... I think I don't have questions about his deployment in the pros like we've seen his particular archetype succeed within the most recent modern version of the NFL game. And uh, Wilson succeeded in in every role that he's been asked to play in, whether it was when he was a freshman and more of a slot role, whether it was after they moved him outside and he he succeeded there, he succeeded as a deep receiver, he succeeded as a possession receiver, and he checks all the analytical boxes uh, as well. And think about the adjusted production index like it's not like a one-to-one ranking system hey you're the highest there and so you're automatically my wide receiver one like i just want to see a guy get at least the 60th percentile um like over the years when i break down the numbers in both projecting capital and projecting future success you really need like there are exceptions but you really need to be above the 60th percentile and if you're above the 60th percentile Um, and you're a fantastic wide receiver, especially if you're sharing targets with a bunch of other fantastic wide receivers, Um, I don't have, like, almost any questions. I I think back to the year that we saw, you know, A.J. Brown come out. Like, he didn't have a crazy, crazy peak profile, like, by the Adjusted Production Index's standards. Like, he was in the 60s in terms of his percentile, but he was splitting targets with D.K. Metcalf. So, like, you're not going to have a half of the entire team's offense when you have another a premier NFL wide receiver garnering targets. It's just not going to happen and and Wilson and Wilson had two of those. Like Chris Olave also might get first round capital. Jackson Smith and Jigba, better than both of them and is going to be the wide receiver 1 and wide receiver 2 next next year. Like Wilson and Olave themselves have said JSN's better than them. Like which is crazy because Wilson could be the wide receiver 1 this year. I just don't have virtually any questions because from a film standpoint he runs every route you want him to, and wins in every way that you want him to. He can play bigger than he is as well, given his freak athleticism. And we've seen that dating back to his high school days, when he was a five-star recruit. And, I mean, it's been since early high school. We knew, yeah, this kid's going to coach to the pros. How fast is he? I think he's going to be at 4'2", uh, you know, 4'2", four four, four, two four four five you know, that kind of range. And, and I don't really care if he runs a four four six i'm not gonna be like oh my gosh he's so slow because like he, he plays fast enough and, and separates consistently uh like every play hey this is dave
4: Cabin from the rotoviz flagship podcast i wanted to let you know that the podcast you are listening to right now is sponsored by better help and i can speak from personal experience and tell you that if you or someone you love is struggling with depression they're dealing with anxiety talking to somebody about it can make a huge difference. And that's what BetterHelp does. Within 48 hours of signing on with BetterHelp, they'll match you with a professional therapist. These therapists have a broad range of expertise that might not be available where you live. This is a worldwide service that's easy to use, allows you to get matched with a therapist That you can communicate with. You can send messages, get thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can talk through anything that you need. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches that can give you all of the benefits of traditional offline therapy. They want you to start living a happier life today. And I believe that talk therapy is one of the ways that you can do that. Visit their website www.betterhelp.com/forward/slash/reviews to hear and read some of their testimonials. Again, you're going to want to visit BetterHelp, Better H E L P, and join the over two million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for RotoViz listeners: get 10 percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com/forward/slash rotoviz can't recommend how important and how helpful
0: talk therapy can be so please check it out we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast
2: I asked this as well when we talked about the quarterbacks and it's a question that I, I know listeners love to hear. I know it's the thing that, you know, people like to click on when they see about sleepers uh, online and things like that as well. We want to dive in. We want to know who is kind of the player we can get at the lowest cost that's going to be the biggest uh, superstar, but are there some guys that this year are again going to slide maybe a little bit under the radar and can be um, can provide that value and I guess sometimes when we talk about that it can even be a guy who's Know going in the second round, who is, you know, we're we're still buying at a a good value, even though he's going at that spot. Is there anyone that you're you're
1: really keen on
2: heading into this
1: draft? Uh, I think my favorite pick for that would be David Bell of Purdue, and that's not just because I went to Purdue, (laughs) Uh, but uh, I think he's going to slip because he's not going to have this NFL combine performance that has people drooling. You know, he's going to be fast enough, he's going to be big enough. And uh, there were already questions, I think, about his peak athleticism or whatever. But we're talking about a guy who's been one of the most productive wide receivers in the nation – since he joined college, the college ranks. But even prior to that, he was like setting records in, in my home state of Indiana for being one of the most productive, prolific uh, wide receivers ever. And then uh, decided to stay home and go to Purdue. He could have gone to, to so many other places and just maybe even smashed even more. And, you know, maybe if you put an Alabama A on his helmet, uh, he's a surefire first round pick. But I think just because we saw uh, Rondell Moore, Uh, you know, have have the freshman NFL season that he did last year, which I guess disappointed many people uh, in terms of uh, our hearts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think, you know, uh, well, here's another Purdue guy. He's probably just going to do the same thing, but he's a completely different player. He's an outside X wide receiver uh, that, uh, you know, accounted for almost 50 percent of Purdue's production in his peak year. Uh, and and yes, he didn't have the crazy peak adjusted yards per team pass attempt, but that's because the Purdue offense is just inefficient and they have uh, constant undrafted free agent talents all around them uh, that hurts the efficiency there. So uh, I think Bell is going to go in the second round of the NFL draft and is going to be the forgotten wide receiver. And, and even though like we all ranked him highly in Debbie circles for years because He's amazing. And so, but but he he's not there. I think a lot of people have him like outside their top seven or eight even wide receivers in this class. And I think that's a mistake.
3: So you're not worried that he is going to
1: really plummet in the reality draft and just No. No. I I think he's gonna be, you know, he's probably gonna go in around pick sixty-ish, you know, near the end of round two. Maybe even early round three and something like that. And that might be, that might sound like a super disappointment, but I think he's good enough to earn a role wherever he goes, uh, pretty early on in his NFL career. And uh, I think that only makes him cheaper. And that's fantastic because he's a great player.
3: Yeah. It's interesting to think about that within the context of how rookie drafts are going to play out because the number of receivers that we can feel comfortable with. Uh, due to where they're landing and what the NFL thinks about them will really dictate sort of the back half or the back third of that first round and create that situation where people are trying to decide whether or not they want to move those picks for 2023 picks if they have that option, and then how the second round deepens. I mean, one of the things that I really loved about our conversation on the Tuesday show was the discussion of the tight ends and how that would fill out because I especially think that in tight end premium formats, which so many leagues are going to now, That the depth in round two is better than people realize. I don't know. Bell is one of those players for me that kind of makes or breaks this draft because it's one star player deeper if the NFL likes him. You know, if he's more of a a round two rookie pick, then the excitement falls off a lot. But the other thing that's going to really dictate the shape of these rookie drafts is obviously the running back position. And Travis, you mentioned three wide receivers that you love and yet you have a running back ranked number one, we're going to leave that for a second and kind of start with the big sleeper here. And we talked about this a lot during our ranking summit during our mock drafts. And I was not in at the time, but Rashad white is growing on me. Every time that I look through the different profiles, every time I watch these guys play, Is he the next Ramondre Stevenson? Is it something where it's actually much better than it now? Obviously, Stevenson looked very good. His fantasy value is is tied to his kind of slot there with the Patriots. And we don't know where any of these running backs are going to go yet. They are much more susceptible to bad landing spots than wide receivers are, obviously. But, I mean, is this the guy that people should already be looking at as the big riser or the big sleeper? Can you draft him even, say, in redraft formats and best ball drafts that are going on right now? Is he a target for you?
1: Absolutely. I'm of the mindset that he should be considered, you know, running back five ish in this class. I think he should be in the top five conversation at the position this year, especially in, in oh, let's face it. This this class is not super deep, it's not 2020 with like five, six guys who probably deserve early round two kind of capital. Uh, It's just not that class. Like there's three guys, you know, uh, that we'll get to here shortly that I think are by consensus just in that conversation. And then once you get past those three, it's like any direction is like, <laughs> like there's all there's an argument to be made for several guys, but Rashad white, I think in the right spot could be, this, this might scare some people just cause what he's done lately, but you know, early career, David Johnson, like David Johnson was old and he came from an FCS school. Like, <laughs> like he had some questions, but what he did have was size. And he, what he did have was receiving acumen uh and he was good at everything and rashad white is good at everything and he was incredibly efficient especially in his first year for arizona state yes he is an older back and i know we love to see uh younger running backs but what he's done when asked to um is dominate with uh as a receiver and as a runner um in terms of his uh yards per game um it's crazy. Like as we're saying, he's basically a wide receiver. Like, I mean, he caught like over 40 balls last year. One of the most productive receiving backs in the nation um, in 2020 he had over 11 yards per touch, which is just insanity. It was a small size uh, sample size, but man, the guy uh, creates on his own uh, and was doing so for a program. That's <laughs> been crumbling for the past two years. Like he was succeeding despite the situation, Arizona state, uh, you know, i don't know if you've been paying attention but like they're shedding coaches they're shedding players uh because it's been a dumpster fire uh they 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 were like outside the top 100 in recruiting because it's such a a a perceived to be a a kind of a hellhole to to go to right now so uh despite all that rashad white basically took a a really top tier running back Uh, Recruit and said, "Hey, I'm going to sit you on the bench, Demonte Trianum. and apparently he messed him up so bad that dude dude just converted positions because he's he transferred to Ohio State and is now going to play linebacker. He's like, I I, apparently I'm terrible because Rashad White is just a a demigod, you know. So, uh, so I, I, yeah, Rashad White is is the real deal." Well, that's wondering that's uh, why I was wondering about
3: that sort of comparison with Stevenson. You mentioned David Johnson. We know that David Johnson was able to run some routes down the field. Maybe not the long speed, but incredible agility. Does White have those abilities? I mean, we see him create the big play at the college level. Does he have the athleticism and the route running ability to be a big running back wide receiver-ish weapon, this big hybrid player right away?
1: Absolutely. I mean, like it, it's funny. I, I joke with Stefan on the uh, college Kent show all the time about pa- the Pac-12 just being terrible. But really, it's just like nobody watches the Pac-12. And so, like, you know, when Arizona State's games start at 930 Eastern, like on a Thursday, like, I don't know who decided that. They're like, hey, we want to make sure that nobody watches our games. Let's <laughs> just make sure that nobody ever watches our team ever. Um, and so I don't think a lot of people are aware that, like, he's making guys – look really dumb like on most snaps like he'll he'll make somebody completely miss he'll he'll hurdle a defender like twice in the same drive even and um and like if it was Najee Harris the whole world drools and is like oh my gosh look at this big guy just hurdling people and but no like he plays for Arizona State instead and so we don't care but he's got the athleticism to hurdle people and then make you miss uh like what, what's the what's the cliche um, make defenders miss in a phone booth like he's yeah that's the thing and and so he can do that from an agility standpoint and he's a receiver and he's a runner and so uh yeah i think he, he could do that at the next level the
2: other running back cliche is always can he turn on a dime? Oh, can man. he do that or can he just make it makes me laugh
1: <laughs> every time like there the only say like there's like five things that everyone says over and over and over again and just yeah
2: yeah, so uh, now we'll see we'll see how it falls out. Um, Brees Hall is a, a somebody who you had rated very highly in the rookie guide. You're him number one overall, in fact. And that um, his stats and highlights suggest you know a bigger, more athletic David Montgomery. And for listeners off the show, David Montgomery is either depending on two years ago uh, if they picked him up when uh, we had the great window of success for him, or where you've drafted him over the years will probably determine what your thoughts on David Montgomery is. But um, you know he has been productive at the NFL level. Is that something that'll you know push him? You mentioned Najee Harris there a moment ago, and he's somebody who was going very high in redraft last year. Is he somebody who coming in getting that draft capital could be you know pushed up into the the second round or third round of uh, redraft?
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, where I think, like you mentioned earlier, Sean. I mean, these guys are. A little bit more landing spot dependent. Uh, if they come into a situation where there's already a really strong one A, I mean, I'll uh, you know last year Javante Williams coming in with Melvin Gordon still there, there's going to be a, a ceiling, and so that he might disappoint, and I might move him down depending on where he lands. But, but Reese Hall, what he did, two years in a row, like there was only one more productive running back than Brees Hall in uh, 2020, and that guy's name was Najee Harris, uh, and then you know, Brees Hall is like, okay, it was a great year. You had 1,700 yards from scrimmage. Okay, can you do it again? And he basically does the exact same thing and puts up another 1,700 yards from scrimmage. And uh, even even though everybody knows, hey, this is all they can do. Like that that quarterback, Brock Purdy, like he's only good in October. Like outside of that, he's terrible. Like there, there, there's actually a joke. Like it's, they call it Brocktober because he's bad outside of every single month. But anyway, they, they have to they, – they can't recruit in Iowa State because – it's Iowa, sorry Iowa listeners, but uh, it, I mean it, it, it's it's a problem. They, they really can't recruit. They can't recruit offensive linemen even. So you you've got them running all these 12, 12 personnel packages, thirteen personnel packages, j- just to get a bunch of bodies in there. Hey, let's just create as much space as we can because we can't block. Uh, they know we're going to run, so we might as well just dress it up that way. And then Brees Hall still creates for himself uh, from from you know an efficiency standpoint, like better than he should. Like his raw yards per carry is not going to match, um, you know, your typical elite NFL starter. Uh, and I think because of his raw counting stats, he's probably not going to be a first-round pick. I don't think we're going to see uh, any first-round running back this year. Uh, but that's okay. I, I, I still think that Hall has a size, the receiving ability, and the ability to create for himself uh, that he's going to succeed. So you
3: mentioned the big three and we have Spiller and Walker are the other two likely to go early Travis, but who should we be looking at as potential sleepers? Again, as we try and figure out, you know, what does the second round of the super flex rookie drafts look like? What does, you know, round 15, 16, 17 look
1: like in early best ball?
3: What are the names we should be keeping in mind?
1: Oh man. So yeah, I think a lot of people are starting to push Kyron Williams up. Uh, that's a name that a lot of people should keep on the radar. Uh, I think he's probably many people's uh, running back four, but he might fall into the late round three uh, or even early round four of the NFL draft, given how the NFL is prioritizing the position. And because of his size, uh, if he especially if he weighs in under 200 at the combine, people are going to be like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good and so i think he could drop because of his size uh, he could drop because he, maybe he, he's not going to test at like the 90th percentile athletically and he's just going to be like man he, he's good enough uh, from a uh, combine standpoint uh, i think he is fast i think he's fast enough i think he's maybe alongside rashad white the best you know in competition with rashad white the best receiving back in college football in the in, in the entire country last year uh, so i think there's great value i think he has good contact balance so i think Kyron williams if he drops because of the size questions he could be somebody that that is a sleeper uh, in later rounds but if you want the same kind of player who's even smaller that's going to go much later um and you asked me questions even in the ranking summit about this player but jerry and ely i think he could be somebody that's uh, because of his incredible athleticism and pass catching acumen could go be a, a you know a sixth round pick but because he's too stinking athletic, works his way into a 1B role, and his PPR upside uh, keeps him uh, really in the mix every single week to pump out 10, 11, 12 points, and maybe peak if he has a touchdown week. So, um, you know, that that could be a fun name to to keep in the back of our pockets. Uh, and he's a name that uh, in Debbie circles, like we ranked him highly for a long time because he was a high pedigree guy, multi-sport guy who could be playing in the major leagues right now, but he's still doing football because uh, he he believes in that as well. Um, but he was coming off a shoulder injury last year that, which hurt, uh, what could have been an incredibly efficient and, uh, productive peak season, but he wasn't even himself until like halfway through September this past year. So, uh, I think that knocks his real draft, uh, stock, but he's somebody I'm looking at. I'm not super intrigued by either Georgia back, which might confuse some people, but James Cook is small, uh, as well, um. Uh, but I'm not really uh, as impressed by him as uh, Mir White would have been great, uh, but he's not the same player he was two ACLs ago. Uh, so I'm not really uh, excited about him. But, um, and even Brian Robinson, uh, Alabama, it, it's funny, like I'm fading at Alabama and Georgia running backs, which seems it's kind of scary, but that's, that's where we are. <laughs> and um, just in case, obviously, the running
2: back can be, there can be a lot of information going in, and obviously, the fantastic work from Travis and the team on the rookie guide, as we mentioned a number of times in the show, but anything at the running back position, Travis
1: of, uh, that we haven't touched on today's show that you think is important to highlight. Well, I think, uh, well, a, f- a few of the road of his guys here have, have talked about the breakaway run percentage, like big play percentage. And, uh, you know, mix, you mix that in with their athleticism and their age and, uh, early draft capital. And that's a, that combo all married together is what we're really, really looking for. Um, but I think if we uh, you know, want to highlight maybe one more player that could define expectations uh, just because he had a, a weird track uh, and, and, I guess, path that he followed in college, uh, Jerome Ford, running back Cincinnati, uh, he started out as an Alabama running back. Uh, he was actually kind of a wide receiver in, in high school for a good bit there. Uh, so he has the receiving ability, uh, but he wasn't really asked to do that at Alabama. Uh, couldn't crack the lineup because he's behind Najee harris for part of his career uh, and he decides hey look i'm gonna go feature somewhere so he leaves and and does exactly that features for cincinnati as part of that playoff run for them this past year and had some huge huge plays uh in 2020 uh and and when he's working his way up the depth chart and this year had a, i think a slightly lower breakaway percentage but still really impressive profile and not necessarily from a receiving standpoint but i know he can do it given his background as a receiver like so uh he could really pop um and and even if he's a fourth round ish kind of pick
3: are these cincinnati guys going to go a little bit earlier than they would have because they got that playoff exposure
1: oh yeah i I think so i mean sauce gardner is he's 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 got the well actually he's got the sauce. like he, he he would be a good pick anyway um but yeah, I think they're going to get a little bit of a boost because of how they did. And and really, most of the time, those guys don't even have an opportunity to play against the Caliber of in Alabama, like in a given like a normal season. Like they're they're going to their conference championship and they're playing, you know, a Houston or a UCF, and they're not playing real NFL talent. But Sauce showed up and he was like, "Hey, Jamison Williams, I know you're supposed to be a big deal, but I'm going to make sure that you're not a big deal today." Uh, so I think uh, they, they proved it. In, in a big way like they, they just hung with Alabama which is good enough because offensive line they, they were getting shredded in, in the trenches and so Ford was not going to look great or efficient in that game but he did enough and he's against his former teammates um, and so I think yeah he, he gets a boost I think Majay Sanders gets a boost a couple other guys uh, I, I don't think um, oh what's his face Alec like, uh Pierce I don't think he should be going I think he's going to get the boost that he does not deserve Uh, in capital this year Uh, there are some people that think he's going to get you know third fourth round capital if he does I think that's a reach uh, because I'm not really a fan of Pierce but but that's that's a different discussion (laughs) and uh,
2: we did mention you mentioned uh,
1: you and Stefan
2: on the college to Canton podcast I know you have a lot of stuff planned coming up towards the draft we might even link up on some stuff is there anything going on Travis that you do want to highlight because I know you know, you mentioned on Tuesday show people are looking to get you on to talk with rookies. This is the time where you're really excelling in terms of the content you're putting out. Is there anything you want to let the listeners know This in the pipeline?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually working on some sleeper pieces for uh, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, quarterbacks. I really some value players at every single position. And I'll be uh, talking through some of the most important metrics of those players in those pieces. Uh, so be looking for that here soon. Um, as well as you know a, a kind of an an amped up look at my uh, kind of newer quarterback metrics i'm really excited to piece that together and flesh that out in the next uh edition of the rookie draft uh, or rookie guide rather and in the post draft guide i think once we actually see the capital assigned to some of these quarterbacks uh the model's even going to look better uh because basically i think i said on this on the last episode like man the nfl is really valuing this efficiency and i think they're I don't think they're using the same measure, measures I am. But it, it looks like there's some value there. And uh, the in the hit rate and draft capital rate is going to be the most absurd thing I've ever seen uh, after these guys actually slide in um, this year. So really excited about the, the work I'm doing on quarterbacks. And so I'm going to see if I can get even better at that maybe this summer. So just be looking for more quarterback nerdiness uh, here soon. But, yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Super exciting stuff. And of course, check out Travis on Twitter if you aren't already. Uh, You'll be able to find out everything he's got going on there. It's at FF underscore Travis May, but lots of stuff coming up from Travis uh, over the, the course of the draft season. So perfect time to make sure you are following him there once again thanks to travis for coming on the show as i mentioned his twitter handle is at ff underscore travis m i I really think and sean mentions it on the show even you know we're covering some of travis's work or the the rookie draft guide travis is one of the the best when it comes to college football and the debbie content uh, the college football aspect check out the college to canton podcast as well sean uh, travis did say there he teased it at the start he said about the beard again it has got a couple of reactions from the people who have been on as guests so maybe that's a positive but i also joke that uh, listening to my wife over the last week or so it feels like it could be on its last legs if the listeners want to go over and see it see if it remains over the next couple of weeks head on over you can check it out on the road of his youtube channel the show today and the the show that we did on tuesday have been split up into clips for the different positions if you want to go and check them out but what we'd really appreciate is if you go over and hit that subscribe button we are closing in on 400 subscribers over there which is you know we're, we're starting off with modest goals but if we can hit that by the end of the week it would be it'll be quite nice we hit 300 maybe three weeks ago so we're going at a, a fairly reasonable pace we'll keep pushing that ahead but sean Fun week of show so far. We will be back on Saturday as we talk through some of your...
3: And Colin, can I get my vote in here? It's uh, for anybody who hasn't gone over to YouTube and checked it out. It's this beautiful, full, red-brown beard. I give my beard about a 1.5. That might be generous. Uh, Colin's is at least an 8.5. So I'm going to vote for keeping it... Looks absolutely fantastic. Good job with the beard there. You know, at some point, we'll be able to disassociate it from Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. And at that point, it'll just be a fantastic beard.
2: Yeah, but it'll be a few years because it seems like is gonna stick around in green bay for another while yet so we'll we'll get more out of this bit as it goes along whether the beard is the bet or whether the Aaron rogers part is the bit we'll keep them going and integrate it into the shows but you head on over check out the road of His youtube channel uh, if you listen to dave kavan and curtis patrick you'll also see them live streaming up there and on twitter With their shows as well, but you can check them out on the RotoViz YouTube channel. As always, you can get yourself a 10% discount to a RotoViz NFL pass. All you have to do is head on over to RotoViz.com, add in the code RVRadio2022 at checkout. That'll save you 10% off your RotoViz NFL pass. With that said, all that's left to do is uh, sign off here. We'll be back on Saturday and we'll be talking tight ends and sean's never too early best ball rankings at the tight end position excited to dive into that one because we know it is such a key position in having success in baseball season long our dynasty so we'll be talking about that on saturday until we're back then my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host as always is sean siegel check out sean's work up on rotoviz.com and until we're back on saturday have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rodavis Radio. Please rate and review the Rhodeves Radio Podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotevizradio at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotaviz.com forward slash podcast.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?